Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Proverb 4. 20 to 22. Let's read together. One, two, three. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word is like a medicine that healed our body, our mind, and our soul, Lord. As we partake your word today, it will heal us, Lord. And those who are sick today, your word will heal their body as well. We want to keep our eyes on your word, incline our ear to listen. And Lord, we will pay attention to do it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just finished the teaching regarding godly husband that um, you will learn the roles of a godly husband. And I would like to encourage all the husbands to get this CD, three of them all together. You can order from the CD table for free of charge. And I would like to encourage all the husbands and men too who are not married to listen to this teaching at least once a year, at least once a year. Because we tend to forget. And when we listen, the Word of God will remind us how to improve to be a godly husband. Even I myself need to be reminded all the time to improve my responsibility as a good husband, a godly husband. Today, I would like to start the first one, now the turn of a woman. I'm going to talk about godly wife today. And I will not be able to finish in one day. It will take many, many sessions Sound like for women it's longer. I don't know why. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> First of all, I want to say this. Please don't take this teaching personally with me. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm not pointing to you specifically that I'm talking to you. I'm just preaching the word of God. So that is the background. Number two that I want to say, I remember when I came to University of Washington, and I was learning how to be a neurosurgeon with the great master neurosurgeon. He would tell me all the detail, how to open the skull, how to approach the aneurysm, how to lift up the brain so that the aneurysm will not break, all the detail, how to write medication after that, how to take care of the patient. I was trained in detail by the master. And I learn and I follow every single step to today. And even after I graduated and I came into practice in Bellevue, I even developed more detailed procedure of how to get the good result and how to prevent the complication and death. So you follow the step, every single step to prevent any complication and get the good outcome. And that is medical field. 
In the same way, in life, whatever you do in your life, being a car mechanics, uh, being a computer expert, you follow the step so that you will not make mistake. God wrote this book as a guideline for us to do things. He created us. He know what is best for us, and he is the one who instituted the marriage institution. He is the one who established marriage institution. He brought Eve to Adam, and he gave all the principle in the Bible. If we follow his programs, his blueprints carefully, we will be successful. But if we rebel and do our own things, and we fail or we have problem and cry and mess up, we cannot blame God because we choose our own way. As a Christian, you know, I was a Buddhist before. I became a Christian later on. I have to really change a lot the way I think, and I need to study the Bible so that I can change the way I live, the way I talk, the way I do things in my life. I cannot follow the old way of Thai people or Buddhist people. I have this book as my standard, and all the days of my life, I have room to grow, room to change, and adjust to get better and better. And this is applied in everything in our life, whether you are hairdresser or computer or car mechanic or neurosurgeon or teacher. You always have room to improve in your life. I say all these things so that you will not feel that I'm condemning you. We all are not perfect, and we are improving every single year to be better and better and better. Excel to be better. So when we learn about marriage or learn about being a husband and being a wife, definitely, when we read the Word of God and study the Word of God, some of the truth will come out, and you feel like, Pastor, are you condemning me? Are you attacking me? No, I'm not attacking you. I'm trying to present the truth to you, and your job is to respond. And to say yes, I'm gonna take it into my life. I will improve in that area, so that I will be a better wife or a better husband. Amen. Now, I remember when I got saved many years ago, and I began to learn more about Jesus and His Word. I make a commitment. Commitment is so important. I make a commitment. A few things. Number one, I make a commitment. God. I want to be a godly, excellent husband all the days of my life. I make a commitment to be a godly, excellent dad. I'm not perfect. I'm not complete, but I make a commitment to reach there. So I keep improving to be a better husband, a better dad. Number two, after I graduate to be a neurosurgeon, I make a commitment that I will be. A godly, excellent doctor to my patients. That's why my philosophy is that I treat you as my family, because that hard attitude will prevent me from doing things because of the financial motive, or doing things because I want to show off that I'm a great guy. No, I have to treat people just like I treat myself or my family. So I want to be excellent doctor, godly doctor. Number three, I want to be an excellent, godly servant of God. 
I don't want to serve God because of money or because any other motive. I want to serve God because I love God and love His people, for Him and for His people, and I want to live in a holy, holy life to make sure I represent God well. So I make a commitment, and all these years I am growing and moving and developing every single year. I want to say the same thing to you. Why don't you make a commitment to, to be? Godly, excellent wife and husband. Godly, excellent father and mother. Godly, excellent professional person and a servant of God. When you make that commitment, definitely you will work on it. You will pursue it. You will do anything to improve in your life instead of living day by day and doing the same thing again and again. You will. Be hungry to learn. You develop. You want to change. You are willing to let go the old way and move to the better way. Always keep improving, and that should be the life of a Christian. Excellent life. Amen. Now we talk about family, husband and wife. The Bible says that when a man and a woman marry together, and no one forced you to marry anyway. Don't blame anybody. When you marry your husband, your own choice. Don't blame the pastor. Okay, don't complain. You marry him. You marry and you become one flesh. When you become one flesh, it means that God wants you to stay to forever until death parts you. He wants you to be together in one flesh. And because he established the marriage institution, his program is the best program. Don't listen to the TV. Don't listen to the magazine. Don't listen to your friend. The best way to build your family is this book. You have to follow the book because this is his program or blueprint. And if you're willing to change, you will have a successful, godly family, and you will leave the legacy to the next generation. You will be happy before you die and say, "I have done my best." No one is perfect. I'm not perfect either. And you are not perfect either, but we are learning to improve our life. Before I go on to talk about the noble woman or noble wife, I like to read a few scripture here to inspire you not to have this lifestyle in your house. Let's start from Ephesians chapter five, verses twenty-one to twenty-four and thirty-three. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Submitting to one another, wife, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wife be to their own husbands in everything. God talk about relationship between the church and Christ Jesus. Jesus is the head. We are his wife, or we are his f i a n c é We're g o i n g to marry him one day when he come back. This is spiritual, not about physical marriage. And we're g o i n g to meet him and stay with him for eternity, dwell with him for eternity. So he compared the relationship between the Lord Jesus and to the church, to the husband and the wife. What we learn is that in his eyes. Marriage relationship is so important. Is so great. 
He compared relationship between husband and wife to him and the church. Wow! So we have to take marriage institution very, very seriously. We need to really honor him through our marriage. If our marriage look good, he get glory. People will put thumb up for him. We need to learn and study how to build a good marriage. In verse 33, nevertheless, let each one of you, in particular, so love his own wife. He gave command to both the wife and the husband, as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So you can see that both sides have to do their part to build up the godly family or successful family. Husband have responsibility, and also wives have responsibility. And now I will read a few scripture that King Solomon wrote about a house here. And I believe that this is not happening in this church or in your family. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 15. A continuing dripping. When I read this, I'm thinking about Seattle here. A continuing dripping on a very rainy day. And a contentious. Contentious means like to fight and like to quarrel. Women are alike. Proverbs 21 verse 9. Better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house share with a contentious woman. Proverbs 25 24. It is better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house share with a contentious woman. Now I read from NIV, from the same scripture. Better to live on a corner of a roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Let us make a decision. In our home, we will not fight. We will not quarrel. We will not raise voice, throw things to each other, and yell and raise voice. We're going to be a peaceful place. If your husband is doing anything wrong, just stay calm, look at him and smile, and talk nicely. Don't yell, don't scream, don't pick a fight, don't throw things in the house, because God warned us that that is not good. Okay? We all have the flesh, and the flesh will tell us, throw, slap, hit. Don't do that. Because strife and quarrel is the manifest presence of the devil. Peace and joy is the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. So when you start to have the fire rise up in your heart and you want to blow up, just calm down and say, okay, I'm not going to yell. I'm going to talk to him nicely. I want to tell you one thing. Man and woman are different. Really different. There is a book. I don't remember the title of the book very well. Man from Mars and woman from Venus. Okay, thank you. Man from Mars and woman from Venus. Man and woman are different. And I tell you, man like me don't like woman to yell at me. Man like to be talked nicely and respectfully. Don't yell. It will really get man upset when you yell at him. Every man on earth, believe me. How many men agree with me? You don't like to be yelled at. 
You want people to speak nice to you. Men from Mars and women from Venus. Okay. Hallelujah. Now, we, let's settle our heart. We're going to have a successful family. And we need to work on it. And for the woman's side, you need to work on being a godly wife. You need to improve yourself. Strive to be a noble, excellent wife. If your husband doesn't want to do it, you just pray for him. But you do it. This is the truth. I have to work on myself. I cannot force you to change. The only thing I can do is to teach you and to be example. But I cannot force you to change. I can pray for you. I can inspire you and challenge you. But I cannot force you to change. We are responsible for our own life. So we need to change first to be example to other people. We ought to strive to do the right thing. Last time when we talked about men, I gave you five roles. Now for the woman, I give you two roles. Only two. But even two roles, but it's longer. So let's look at the first role of a godly wife together in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Today I will only mention maybe one-third of the first role. That's why I say it's going to be longer. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. God looked at Adam and said, It's not good for him to be alone. I need to make somebody who will come alongside him and work with him, help him to accomplish the divine goal that I have given him. When God created Adam, God gave him a responsibility or a vision to fulfill. And that vision is for every man on earth here, including me. This is what he said. Be fruitful and fill the earth and subdue it. That's what God said to Adam. And not only that, take care of the garden. Take care of the creation. So every man, now I talk to the man. Every man should take that responsibility to lead the family. When it says, be fruitful and fill the earth and multiply, what does it mean? Number one, it means I will have children God is the center of my life. My home will have God as the Lord and Savior. And my children and my wife will love God and serve God. I promised God when I was a new believer that all of my children shall be saved and no one of my children will go to hell. They all will go to church. When they grow up, if after I die, they'll still go to church. They will love Jesus. That's my goal. I want to have Godly seeds, godly offspring. And then this godly offspring will fill the earth, will expand. When they are godly offspring, they have the blessing of Adam, the blessing of Abraham. They carry this blessing and fill the earth, expand the Garden of Eden all over the earth. So my job is to be a godly man, a good godly leader who bring income, who bring the blessing of Abraham to be upon my wife and my kids and expand. But 
Definitely to expand throughout the whole world, include reaching out to the lost who don't know Jesus and become our spiritual children. So you disciple your own children and you disciple other people who come to know Christ. That's why our home open for people to come and eat food all the time because we want to take care of people. We want to expand the kingdom. That's why we fly to Switzerland, to Germany, to Thailand to reach out to our spiritual children, to expand all over the world. That's the job of a man. A godly man, bring the blessing to my kids, to my wife, expand and reach out to the people. I need to lead my family to bring God into this world. But every man is not perfect. Every man has weaknesses and limitation. And God knows that. God says, you cannot do this job alone. You need help. You need the helper. Therefore, God gave Adam, Eve, To be his helper. Therefore, ladies, you have such a great job to fulfill the mission that God gave to your husband. You are the indispensable part of God's program. Without you, he cannot get it done. He needs you. Husband needs his wife. Without a good wife, He will struggle. He needs the good wife. Amen? So you are chosen by God to be his helper, to fulfill the vision that God gave to your husband. One of the reasons that so many homes and families are miserable and so many marriages fail because both man and woman, the husband and the wife, do not understand God's program. They live selfishly, They are selfish, they live for themselves. They don't care about God's kingdom. Some ladies may just use marriage to promote herself. Oh wow, this is a rich man. I'm going to marry him so I can have more money. Oh, I marry him so that I can get a green card. That is a wrong attitude. It's a wrong motive to marry to get a green card. To marry to be able to get more money. Me, 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 me. When you start your marriage with a selfish attitude, you have a wrong expectation out of your marriage. And then your marriage is going to go downhill. And you're going to suffer. You will cry. You're going to have fight in the home. Your children are going to suffer. You need to have godly program in your heart. Why you marry each other. Definitely, you love each other. You want to stay with that guy for the rest of your life. You love him. But you need to understand that you pray for him so that he will be a great leader, good leader in your home for God. And at the same time, it's God's program to help him to fulfill the vision God gave to him. Amen? You are not his opposition. You are not working against him. You are working with him and help him. You must be cooperating with your husband to serve God and to fulfill God's agenda. You cannot use your marriage to just fulfill your fleshly desire. But you are the helper. Everyone say, helper. When a woman loses sight that God's first expectation of her in the relationship of marriage is to help the husband to fulfill the vision of God. Negative atmosphere 
will be created in the house. They will yell at each other. They will get mad at each other. Let's settle now. God created me to be a woman to help my husband to get the job done for God. If you settle this issue, then your perspective, your motive will be changed in the home. You will act in a different way because you embrace this principle into your heart. God expects you to help your man. What does it mean? It means that your man needs help. Your man is not perfect. He needs help. Therefore, three things you need to avoid. If you understand this, my man is not perfect. My man needs help. When you realize that, you will avoid these three things. Number one, you will avoid fighting faults with your man. Fighting faults. Why did he do that? Wow, my man is like a mess. He's a mess. You find fault. And if you have the attitude of finding fault, you cannot help because you always get mad. Because you always pick on him. Find faults on him. And how are you going to help if you keep finding faults? Yes, you see his weaknesses. But not with the attitude of looking for faults. Number two, you should not look down on your husband. Some ladies are very smart, very highly educated, and very capable. But the husband may be less capable. And you have to be careful. Watch your heart. Don't look down on your husband. Your husband may be weak in some area, but he is strong in certain area that you don't have. Therefore, always honor each other. Don't look down on, don't find faults in your husband. Our human nature is to what? To look for mistakes and faults of other people and also to look down on the person that is close to you. Not only that, the third one you need to avoid, okay? I'm not attacking any woman in this room. Don't take me wrong. But I try to help you to build your home. Number one, don't find faults. Number two, don't look down on your husband. Always look at the good part of his life. And honor him. Number three, don't complain. Complaining, fighting faults, and looking down are all not God's will. It's not the way you show love to your husband. You should encourage him. Cheer him up. Pray for him. Your husband may be weak in certain area. Pray that God will help him. Step in to help him. Like for example, I'm very weak in cooking. I only know one way to cook, boil an egg. That's it. I only know how to boil egg. Pastor does step in to help me cook. Amen. So you can see that he knows, she knows my weakness. She knows I have a lot of weaknesses in my life. She stepped in to help my weakness. That is the job of the wife. So if you can do that, you come alongside, help him, complete him, whatever he lacks, you complete him. You show up to show love, to find opportunity to be a biblical helper. God will honor you and God will bless you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. 
In fact, if the husband and wife are completely opposite, even better, because you can help each other more. Some husband complain, "My wife is so different from me. Oh, I like to be organized. She is not organized." But he forgot that he's so weak in another area, but she's so perfect in that area to help him. So actually, when you come to be one flesh, you help one another. You complete one another. Instead of attacking another person's weaknesses, you should say, "I am here to help you." The other side said the same thing. Think, "I'm here to help you." When you see his weakness, wow! This is an awesome opportunity that I can fill in the blind spots. I can be an anointed woman to help this man. Believe me, if he doesn't need help, God will not bring you to him. Now, after I married for many years, I find out that why I met Pastor Da, because she came in to the right man who need her help so much. I have so many weaknesses in my life that she can come in and help me to be a better man. She has so many qualities that I do not have. So it's perfect joining to be one flesh together. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. An excellent wife who can fight, for her worth is far above jewels. Proverbs call an excellent wife as a jewel, very precious. An excellent wife should have high self-esteem; should not look down on herself. I challenge all the women in this room, whether single or married, why don't you set up your goal? I gonna be a noble wife. Actually, the word "excellent wife" in the Hebrew language means a woman of nobility, a woman who God put thumb up and say, "You such a great wife, great woman." You believe that one day when you get older or when you died, your children will say, "Wow, my mom is so good." She's a godly woman. She is great helper to my dad. I want to follow her example. I'm going to be a godly wife as well. You set good example to your daughters, and at the same time, your son look at you and say, "One day when I grow up, I'm going to find a woman like this. I like it. My mom is such a noble, excellent woman. I like to find a woman like her." You should set the goal that way. You're gonna shine the light of God to your husband and to your children, and they will say, "Wow, my mom is an excellent woman. She is more precious than diamond gold, or diamond or gold or diamond ring." How can you help your husband? Look at number one, Genesis chapter two, verse eighteen. God said, "It is not good for the man to be alone." I will make him helper, and in the message translation, say companion. The reason God created a woman to marry a man because every man need a companion. Every man need a companion. A companion is a playmate. I imagine before Eve show up, Adam was hanging on the branch. And playing it with monkeys. Ah, the monkey, 
And Adam said, "Okay, get, 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 get." He was playing on the branch, and then he playing with the dog, and the dog has a female dog. He looked at the monkey. The monkey has a female monkey, and he tried to communicate with them, and they could not understand. He was just playing with the dog and the monkey and the cow and the elephant. And God looked from heaven and say, "Wow, poor guy." Other animals have someone to play with. Therefore, it's not good. You notice that everything that was created on earth, God said, "Is this good? It is good." The only thing that God said, "It is not good." The man without a wife, man without a woman. Okay, he has to play with monkey. I gonna create a person to be his helper to play with him. Do you know that man love to play? Do you know that? When I prepared this sermon, I was thinking about my dad. I never forget when I was a young boy. My dad bought guns, bought camera. All kind. Oh, gee, he has so many cameras. He bought all kinds of studio machine. When the new one come out, the old one gone. He put a new, brand new studio set in his home. He loved to play with all these things. And I remember that he bought also the train set for me. For my birthday, but he played with a train set himself. <laughs> Not me. Our home has big two train set. The big train go around, and he just sit and play with the train himself. Man love to play. Like I myself now love to snorkel. I like to play with a fish in the ocean. So my wife have to drag herself with me to the Hanama Bay. To put the mask on to look at the fish with me because my husband loved to watch fish in the sea. He loved to play with the fish. I don't play with motorcycle. I told my wife all the time, what I like to play is very cheap. I don't buy Harley or boat or airplane. Very cheap. Just go in the water with the snorkeling gear. Very cheap. So she should be thankful that her husband loved to play with. Not that expensive thing, amen. So man love to play, and he want to have a playmate. He wants his wife to go along with him. You need to find out what your husband like to play, and play with him. Don't leave him alone. Let me share with you about a man, American pioneer, explorer, woodsman, frontier man, and one of the hero of the United States. His name is Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. This man was very famous in America. Let me tell you two story. I heard this from somebody. Daniel Boone one day got up in the morning, grabbed his rifle, walked outside, and saw some flowers. He smelled them, and said to himself, "This will make wonderful decoration in my house." He walked through the wood, and he see a deer. He raised his rifle up, and then he think, "Wow, he is so cute. He might be the daddy of Bambi." He put his rifle down and walk away. When he get to his home, he pick up the flower, go in the home and put in the waste. This is one story. Another story. Daniel Boone got up in the morning, grabbed his rifle, 
walk out and step on a flower. Then he saw a deer. That might be Bambi. He raised his rifle up. Boom! Bambi knocked on the floor. Then he pulled his knife out and cut meat into pieces and took the meat back home to show to his wife. Which one is a true story? The first one or the second one? Why did he like to shoot the deer? Because man like to have fun, like to enjoy. But the truth is, Daniel Boone did not sit in the jungle to hang out with the monkey, hang out with the deer. He went home because he want to see his mate. He want to see his wife. He went home. My dear brothers and sisters. Man love to have fun, love to play. Therefore, if you want to help your husband, go and play with him, spend time with him. Okay, don't say no. I don't want to get involved with this. Just go along. Go on. Some husband like to fish. Go fishing with him. Some husband like to play golf. Go play golf with him. He would love it. He would feel so good that the wife come along. To play golf with him, so that's the first thing you can help your husband to be his companion. I don't ask you to cut wood with him. <laughs> okay, look at Proverbs chapter thirty-one. I will go another one. Proverbs chapter thirty-one, verse twelve. Proverbs thirty-one, verse twelve. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. A noble woman. Will do good to her husband. As years go by, your husband should be able to trace back, to look at, to identify, and remember that you constantly, constantly look out for his good. Every time she come around, good things happen. She will search to find out what I can do good to him for the betterment of my husband. I will seek for the good for my husband. A noble woman always think, "How can I help my husband and be good to my husband?" When she wakes up in the morning, the first thing, what can I do today that my husband? Will be better than yesterday. Maybe prepare some food. My colleagues in the hospital, we always eat lunch in the operating room lounge. And when they smell my food, they always say, "I'm jealous of you." And I open my box, food box, and hmm, Thai food, sushi, sometimes Chinese food, and they all know who packed that lunch box for me. Not me, for sure. My wife. She always want to make sure that I have good food to eat every lunchtime. Sometimes I remember I went out so fast because surgery at Evergreen Hospital start at 7 a.m. So I forgot. I hurry to go to hospital, and the food box show up at 11:30. Da, do you drive to from Belleville to Kirkland to put the lunch box for me? 
I was so impressed that she doesn't want her husband to lose weight and to look thin, to miss lunch. She makes sure that I have food to eat. She is looking for the good things for her husband. Find good food. How are you going to do good to your husband? Let's look at the first one. That's why I say this teaching is longer than the husband. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 13, 16, and 24. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. And from her profits, she plants a vineyard. Verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies satchels for the merchants. A noble woman will not sit at home playing piano all day with white glove in her hands all day long. A noble woman will help her husband materially and financially. I'm going to give you at the end some exception of this, but we are talking about Average family. The husband go out to work to make money and the wife would support the husband by making sure that she managed materially in the house very well, making sure the house is clean, take care of the household thing. And if she is a businesswoman or she has education, she can use her skills, her talents, her abilities to earn some income to help her husband. And also to help manage the money wisely. Every penny she spends will be the benefit of the whole household, not just for herself. She would think about saving, looking at the financial benefit of the whole household. Help her husband to manage finances, saving, investment. She will help to look for, like this lady, consider a field, buys it. And from her prophet, she plants a vineyard. She was thinking about how to help my husband financially. How to help my husband materially. Saving money. Making the right investment. My dear brother and sister, I want to say this. I know that some of you may be mad at me. But I need to speak the truth. When you get married, you become one flesh. It means one person now. When I pass a da, get married... We have never had separate accounts. We have the same account, one account. Both names, Varun and Dararat Lauhaprasit. Two days ago, I applied a company in Bellevue to put money in the stock market for investment. My friend is going to teach me how to do that myself. And when I apply in the internet, Varun Lauhaprasit and Dararat Lauhaprasit, I don't separate my account from her, and she never separate her account from me. No hiding money, everything up on the table. I have this amount of money, you know, and I know, we spend together. Because if you separate the account from the first day you marriage, it means you are preparing for divorce. You are setting up that I don't trust you. Why are you married that you don't, a person you don't trust? Let me ask you this question. You marry a person you don't trust. Why you marry her? And why you marry him if you don't trust him? You need to trust each other that we're not going to cheat one another. We're going to join the bank account together. And we're going to build our finances together for financial security of our home. For our children and grandchildren. 
and for the future when we get retired, when we cannot work anymore. We joy together. So, both husband and wife, please, let's work for mutual benefit for the family together. Don't separate the account. Woman should not have a separate account for herself. Getting ready to divorce. That is a sign of, I want to divorce you one of these days, so I have my own account. When I say woman need to help husband financially, use your skill, education, and talent to help her husband. But we have to be balanced. I'm going to end here. We need to be careful not to have the job or your business to be your idols and your God to the point that you leave all the responsibility in your home and your parenting job. And let your husband do that. And you just run after the ladder of promotion in your work and you've never been home. You stay in downtown all the time. You just keep working and working and never come home and never take care of your husband and your children. That is too much. You need to have time with your husband and your kids. You need to be the helper of your husband. Amen? Don't love money more than your family. Now, there is exception in life. Exception is this. Sometimes, i give you an example. Some husband may do labor work, construction. And by the time he turned 45 years old, he had back injury, neck injury, arm injury. And he could not work anymore because of his physical handicap. Or maybe some husband did not have high education because of his low intellectual ability to go to college. But he married a woman who is very smart but loves him and can make more money, can do better job than the husband. The husband is sick or the husband is handicapped or not able to make good income, but the wife makes much more income. So in that situation, I understand, I believe God understands that the woman is the main breadwinner, bring money in. And the husband stay home to take care of the kids because they both cannot leave the kids. Uh, and when the kids are small, somebody needs to be home to be the kids. We understand that, and there's a special situation, but the same principle. Still, you need to follow what the Bible says. You help your husband financially, but you still need to help him to fulfill the vision God gave to him. You should not look down on your husband. You should not put him down and say that, you know, you is worth less than a dime. Don't do that. Once you marry, love one another. Help each other as one flesh to build a financial security together. Save together. Invest the right investment together. Be smart. Be wise with the help of God. Work, help each other. Ladies still need to have that attitude. I will help my husband. I will help him in everything. I'm not here as a boss. Don't claim that I make more money than you. Now I'm your boss. No, no, no. You still need to help him. You still need to respect him. And treat him like the head of the household. Amen? Amen. Definitely, when your kids are small, you need to stay home to take care of your kids. But when your kids grow up, maybe you can work part-time, find something to help your husband financially. Amen? So today we learn, I'm going to stop here. Family is important. 
we need to follow the blueprint of the Bible. We need to die to self and say no to our old way, and follow the biblical blueprint and biblical program. God gave every family the vision to expand the kingdom and to spread the blessing all over the world. Husband, you need to grow up, and you need to become a godly leader. Wife, you need to follow God's program. That is to support and help your husband, be his companion, and help him financially, materially. Help him in his weakness. Fill in. He has some weaknesses, so just fill in to help him. Don't look down on him. Don't criticize him. Don't complain. My sisters in the Lord, who are listening to this teaching right now, instead of being mad and complaining. Why don't you pray? The prayer of the righteous person avails much. You pray for your husband. You show example. You encourage him to go to church with you. You try to hook him up with a godly man so that he can learn from another godly man instead of condemning and getting mad and yelling in the house. You support and help him to grow. Pray for him. Love him. Be a good support to him. And I believe your support and your help will win his heart, and he will repent, and he will be changed. That's what happened to me. I was not a very good husband, but because of the patience of my wife, she prayed, she encouraged me. I repented, and now I'm on the road to get better, to be a better husband, because her love wins my heart. Amen. To scream. To threaten of divorce doesn't help. Love, faithfulness, loyalty, and kindness will build a family. How many ladies in this room gonna put this into practice? If you're a single woman, get ready. Be ready to get married. Amen. Become a noble woman. I hope that ladies in this room are not mad at me that I say all these things. Everyone say, "I'm not mad at you, Pastor." Thank you, <laughs> Father. We thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity that we can learn your biblical principles. We believe, Lord, as we obey your word, we will be successful. We will be prosperous. We shall be blessed by you, Lord, Father. In this end time, may every Christian family. Be successful, godly. Fulfill the original vision that you gave to Adam and Eve, that is to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth with godly seeds and offspring. Oh Lord, bless every family, financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, Lord, and they can be the salt and the light of the world. Bring peace and unity between husband and wife, that they can raise their kids in the very godly, peaceful, loving environment. The children will see their love for one another. The children will learn that God is so real, and they will never backslide because they see the lifestyle 
of the dad and mom, Father. We thank you, Father. Lord, we cannot do all these things that we learned today from the Bible by our own strength. We need your grace. We need your power, Lord, to be able to do it, Lord. Thank you, Father. Give grace to all the ladies who listen to this teaching, all the single women, and all the married women, that they can practice what they learn today, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Today, I like to ask my wife to pray for ladies who want to be prayed for. If you want to be prayed for, I want to ask lady to come out here, and she will pray and impart the faith and the love and the godliness into your life. Hallelujah! If you single. Pastor, I will pray for you that you will find a very godly mate. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yeah, stand in the front here. Today for the woman. Thank you, Jesus. Believe that you receive impartation from the Lord, that you will be. A noble woman. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, O oh Lord, for all my sisters. Hmm. I thank you for all the wives. Thank you for all the single ladies. Thank you for the young ladies who are growing up. We thank you, Lord, that. You have created all of us in such a wonderful way. We thank you, Lord, that you care for the women. You allow the women to serve you. You created us in a very special way, even though it's different from all the men. But we have things that we receive from you, the gifts. Talents, abilities, special thing that you have put in our life, so that we will be able, Lord, to support our men, to do many things, dear God, to bless, to build up our husbands, Amen. our children, yes, our Lord. friends all around us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, O oh God. That you have created us in this way. The Lord, I would like to pray today. I may not be able to pray for everyone individually, even though I lay hand on them. I may not be able to pray for them for a long time individually, Lord. But I pray in Jesus' mighty name for all of us, dear Lord, that Father, we will have the spiritual eye to see. Father, the goodness you have put in us, Amen. the things that you have put in us, Lord, I pray, dear God, that no one among the women will look down on themselves. No one will think less than they should be thinking about themselves, because their worth 
the blood of Christ. They are so valuable. They have high calling in you. They have anointing that come from you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just want to pray, O oh God, for every single one of all of us, Lord, that you will give us strength to be able to do everything that you have assigned for us to, to do in our families and in the community, Lord. Give us strength. Give us energy, and also I would like to pray that you will give us, Lord, your wisdom that is more precious than gold. Give us your wisdom, O oh God, your understanding. Help us, Lord, to be able to see each and every situation that happening in our life. Help us, Lord, to understand our men. Help us, Lord, to understand our children. Help us, Lord, to understand our sisters who are around us. Help us, dear God, to be the comforter. Help us to be the builder. Jesus. Help us, dear Lord, to help us move everyone up, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. May Your anointing fall upon us. May the presence of the Lord fill our life at all times, dear Lord. Father, not only that, I also want to pray, dear God, that you will please help all of us to let go of the past, let go of the thing that is in the past, oh God, that won't benefit us anything if we still remember it, and will not benefit us at all if we still dwell in it, Lord. I pray in Jesus' mighty name, by Your grace and Your power, Lord. Amen. Please help all of us, Lord, to let go, let go of any unforgiveness, let go of any bitterness, uproot the bitterness root, for throw it away, let it be in the past, because God said that, forget things that in the past, either good or bad. But go forward, because the Lord has so much thing for us to do, Amen. and the Lord has so much thing, Father, for us to accomplish. Amen. Father, and it's sometimes it's only can accomplish for because we change, Lord. Father, help us to be a better mom. Help us to be a better wives. Help us, dear God, to be a better friend. To all our sisters, dear God, help us, Lord, to be a better servant of the Lord. Fill us with Your Holy Spirit. Change us. Help us, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 Now I would like to just lay hand on you. I may not be able to pray very long. Pray for you, but I pray, dear Lord, that. You will receive, and you will be filled today, and may the presence of the Lord all go before you, go behind you, go all over you, you. at all times. Amen. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Fill with your fire. Father, help her, dear God. In Jesus' mighty name, to be balanced in all her does, in all that she does, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, fill her with your Holy Spirit. Give special grace for her in Jesus' mighty name. Special yes, grace, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, fill her with your Holy Spirit. More grace. Go before her. Go behind her. All around her, dear God. Fill her with your grace. Your special grace, oh God. In Jesus' name. Father, anoint her. Anoint her to be the blessing for so many ladies, Lord. Yes, Lord. For her husband, for her children, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' name, fill yes, her Lord. with your Holy Spirit, O oh Lord. Strengthen her, Lord. Father, you said, dear God, even in old age, she will be able to bear fruit, O oh God. I pray for that in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Father, fill her with your Holy Spirit. Father, wisdom from God, understanding from the Lord. Fill her, Lord, to be the blessing for so many people, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, be gracious to her, oh God, that she will be the best mom, that she will be the best husband, uh, best wife for her husband, best mom for her children, Lord, that they will grow up to know you, oh God, to love you. Anoint her, oh Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. With high anointing Help her, oh God To be the blessing, Lord For her children Grandchildren And all the sisters All around her Help her, dear God To be the builder Special builder, Lord In Jesus' mighty name Father, bless her, Lord Indeed Bless her to be the blessing Everywhere she goes People will call her blessing. Father, may the fire of God fill in her life, Lord. Help her, dear God, to have the wisdom from God, the understanding from God. Hallelujah. 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 That she will have spiritual sight. Father, she will be able to see your plan. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thankful.